0: What is up? Welcome to the 200th episode of the Traffic and Funnel Show. My name is Bryant. I'm the producer of the show. And I wanted to welcome you to this very special episode where Chris and Taylor are actually going to be sharing some of their founder's story, working together over the past five years, some of the biggest lessons they've learned, as well as some incredible vision for the future of Traffic and Funnels. And if you've been a longtime listener, you probably noticed that we've kind of changed up the format a little bit here and there. We've added some meeting clips, some behind the scenes, and really just some amazing training that goes on every day right here in our offices. But before we kick things off with 2015, Kristen Taylor, that's right, 2015, I wanted to encourage you to stick around through this episode because there's so many great things that they talk about, as well as an exciting opportunity that we've put together just for this 200th episode. If you want more access to Kristen Taylor, you want more behind the scenes, you're not going to want to miss this. I'll be back later to talk more about it. But for now, thank you so much for listening. If you've been a longtime listener, thanks for sticking with us and enjoy today's episode. Can I say one thing?
1: Yeah. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Taylor watching Chris. How you doing, man? The freaking man, Evans. I'm so pissed right now. What's up, y'all? Today is your day of destiny. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> you kidding me right now? Yeah. First and foremost, we came up with this title. Chris came up with this title. What are we talking about today? <laughs> I feel like, I just want to give up. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> this is warning, shut the ears of your
2: kids. We're talking about when to give up. <laughs> For me, it's video, it's audio. That's my preference. So you don't know how to spell. Bro, my dog just died this morning. Yeah. And you're like really just being rough
1: on me right now. That is not even true. That's, That's not true. true. What are we giving away? We are giving away um, a new Tesla. <laughs> A picture
2: of a new Tesla. We're going to talk about tools you need to run a seven-figure consultancy.
1: First tool is Traffic and Funnels. That's it. Like I don't
2: even know if you should go
1: any further. That's going to be our new intro.
2: The Traffic and
1: Funnels Show.
2: Tools you need to run a seven or eight-figure consultancy. The first tool is Traffic and Funnels. And that's it. Yeah. You're listening to The Traffic and Funnel Show.
1: Crew, what's up? Taylor Walsh here and Chris Evans. This is the 200th episode of The Traffic and Funnel Show, and it is filled with momentum and moments. We are actually pretty amped today because we have survived 200 episodes. 200? You know, we always say back in the day, we're like, you know, we're not going to start anything new unless we can commit to it for like a year. Remember when we had those discussions like in 2016? Because yep. we were doing all these new things all the time. Chronic case of the, uh, you know, shiny object syndrome. And we have literally made it 200 episodes and they're getting better and better. And so today we had the idea to take you back to the roots and the beginnings. A founder story, if you will, about all of the dirty, nasty mistakes that Chris made in the beginning that I saved him from. Yep. Many a mistakes I've made. My younglings. One or two mistakes, but that's it. Here's the thing. Not enough people talk about the embarrassing moments of entrepreneurship. Everybody's talking about the pizzazz. Everybody's talking about the end product. Everybody's talking about what's amazing, but nobody wants to actually open up and share that this has been pretty hard at times.
2: Everybody talks about the view from the top of the mountain versus the journey to get to
1: the top of the mountain. We're going to talk today uh, a little bit about 2015. It was a... Cold September morning in 2015. I don't think it was cold. And the leaves were changing, and it was it was a it was a brisk September morning, 2015. And here's the thing: I remember this like it was yesterday. I actually do. It's all coming back to me. Me and Lindsay were going on a trip to a wedding. This is a Friday. And me and in Chris Texas. had just decided. Yep. Me and Chris had just decided. No, 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 it was Missouri. We were going to a wedding in Missouri. Me and you had just decided that we were going to partner. We're going to create a business. And we were going to call the business Traffic and Funnels because here's why. Chris had found the domain, trafficandfunnels.com. It was open, so we bought it. And so we just decided to make that our business. In hindsight, that was really all the strategy I think we had in the moment for it. Well, it kind of spoke to what we did. You know, I was on the traffic
2: side heavily, and you were on the back end conversion side. Like you were actually creating funnels for people, writing copy. So yes. it definitely made sense, and I think it was just kind of all the stars aligned. There was all a profet- of them. Per- There was a perfect crescendo
1: of brands so, and destiny. So here's how it happened: a brisk September morning, Friday, 2015. I took an email that I would written, and I sent it to my list of about 150 subscribers. Here's the problem. When you look at guys like Brunson, you look at guys like us, and you look at guys who are running big companies, grow, growth companies, and you're like, man, if I just had what they had. No, no, no. All of them started exactly where you are now, probably with less than what you have now. So I sent this email to a list of about 150 people. My mom had like 70 different emails she was signed up to my list 70 times. And I took my very first sales call to sell the program that would become Client Kit. Remember that? Yep. Uh, $3,000, I believe, is what we charged. And I collected that son of a gun on a toupee because I am amazing at sales. And uh, it's like $1,500 nothing. And I called Chris. And I was like, this is amazing. We just printed money out of thin air. And... Then I did it again. And we had what? Three clients? Three. That month. And uh, I remember being stressed the mess out because we had all these clients. We had so many clients. We were drowning in clients, all two of them. And three. we didn't know three how to fulfill, all three of them. We didn't know how to fulfill on these clients. And that was the first, I think that was the first time we officially sat down and we put our heads together on what do we want this program to be? What do we want traffic and funnels to be? Do you remember that moment?
2: Yeah, dude. I think it was as, as soon as we collected money, which obviously is the biggest indicator that what you have might be something that could work. And I remember the thing was, especially from my background, what I was doing was running ads and webinars and all that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, we need to do a webinar. We need to repeat this. And so we didn't go out and spend that $9,000 that we had. We took that and flipped it yep we invested that into advertising to get more opportunity to try to speed up this this thing that we had going and dude it was it was what 40 calls 50 calls until we really kind of knew who the market was what the
1: offer was really going to be that we could go all in on dude it was yeah i think it was like 55 calls fast forward two months november I'm in Dallas, this is when I was in Dallas for a convention that Lindsay had, and we're looking at our stats, and I'm driving to Starbucks, and we're looking at our traffic, and our traffic's not working, remember that? Mm-hmm. We're using uh, Improvely, my favorite software of all time that nobody else likes. Um, I'm in Dallas, Chris is in Charlotte, and I'm walking through this convention center surrounded by all these people with tons of money, and we're just trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure the game out. And Chris said something, that I want to like just kind of tie in here because one of the questions that Brian wants us to answer is like, as business partners, how have we stayed together for the last four years and not kill each other? I'm stressing out, I'm freaking out. I'm like, we can't pay $20 per lead. We're gonna be unprofitable. And Chris is like, my confidence is complete. He's like, there's zero chance that we're not gonna figure it out. A hundred percent chance that we're gonna figure this out. Like we've Mm -hmm. done this before. You might not even remember this, Chris. You're like we've done this before we're going to do it again this is the game i love the game and historically that has been a trademark of chris's it's like when we do go into difficult seasons difficult times there's there's always chris in the corner (laughs) he's like i am a hundred percent we're going to figure this out we're going to make it work and we're going to learn our lesson i think part of what you need to look for when you do explore business partnerships is, does this person bring something to the table that I may not have? Like, is is there something that, is this mutually beneficial? Sometimes I see business partners and they both did the exact same thing with the exact same personality. And ultimately it's like, that's not really gonna work. But for four years, Chris has just been the steady, can do, confident. It's been really important for me because there've been quite a few times when I'm like, dude, let's sell the business, <laughs> let's like, <laughs> let's quit the business, like ads aren't working, like I'm tired of ads. You know what I mean? You can speak to that a yeah. little bit if you want, but that would be part of the answer to how we stayed together. It's like we do have a mesh of skill sets that are different from one another, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, I think it's very complimentary and I would agree with that. I think successful partnerships are people who that have that complimentary thing. And then the other thing is, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, they have each other's back. and. Mm. You know, there's there's not pitting against each other, or like, uh, I think it's always considering the best, thinking the best. Um, and dude, we've worked through some challenging stuff. Yeah, we've had some very intense conversations. Yep. And um, for for you, man, being able to, I think the biggest thing that I was actually having this conversation with Dan Ferrari the other day when he was in town, we were talking about this at dinner because he was asking about our partnership and stuff, and I was like, dude, we would there's absolutely no way we would be where we are without Taylor because I'm like he's the spark. He's the thing that just starts the fire. Like we wouldn't have what we have without that. And so that's a strength that Taylor's brought to the table and I try to like aim that fire somewhere so we can burn
1: some stuff up, but so I don't so I don't um, drive us right off a cliff. I'm like, <laughs> "Guys, there's money over here." And then Chris is like, "No, there's not."
2: But do you like you're sending those initial emails. Yeah. You didn't ask my permission to do that. You just went and did it. Took those phone calls. you starting sales mentor. You didn't ask my permission. you starting the newsletter. You didn't ask my permission. Like, you just start things. And so, you know, I think that's, there's there's absolutely no way because I'm like strategic. I'm thinking like all the different angles and how we could possibly do it, yeah. you know, one day in the future. And so, I think it's, it's definitely complimentary.
1: then we're also, we're also honest, and I think this is for a lot of business partnerships out there, is you can't be afraid to say what's really on your minds and what's really going on. In fact, there's somebody in Elite that I talked to uh, a month and a half ago, and I said, get your business partner on this call. And I basically facilitated them being honest with each other, which they hadn't been. And there's like say mm. one thing about us, but we're going to go into a room and we're going to fight, and when we come out, we're going to be on the same team. Like people probably have no idea how much we disagree with each other. Just no idea, Yeah. you know, probably almost daily. We have different views on some things and different. But at the end of the day, when a decision is made and sometimes it's Chris being like, this is what we need to do. And I'm like, OK, fine. And sometimes it's me being like, no, this is what we need to do. And he's like, OK, fine. When we come out of that room together, we are on the same team. And everybody on our staff knows that we're on the same team. And that's really important yep. for you to have healthy disagreements. But at the same, at the end of the day, we're a team. Um, yep. I remember when we started the memos, part of the problem with my starter personality is sometimes I'll start something and we're not like ready for it. Brian has on here like one of your most embarrassing moments. Do you remember when we started, we started the memos, this was what, like 2017 maybe? Um, We started and the sales page was linked up to a checkout cart that wasn't linked up to the product. You remember that? Yep. Dude, we were sending emails, thousands of people were hitting the sales page, thousands of people were clicking through trying to buy this product, and they were all emailing back being like, I can't give you money. It just is like keeps spinning out. And we went in, and like I hadn't hooked up the Infusionsoft stuff. And we were like, we are the smartest guys in marketing, because we don't even know how to take money from people. It's pretty, pretty hilarious. Dude, we've had that story so many times. <laughs> yeah, dude. Chris always says, Chris, you'll always be like, this is what keeps us humble, you know? And people will email us in and be mad about something. we will be like, man, this is keeping us humble. My, uh, dude, my first sales call, dude, when that guy had to talk me through, speaking of 2015 and the recordings from my early career, I'm on the phone with this guy and he's like, I really think you could help me. And I'm like, great. And then it hits me that I've never taken money from somebody (laughs) for my services. It's my first real client. And I'm like, "Um, okay, I'll call you back tomorrow. And he's like, well, I'm ready to go now. (laughs) I'm like, cool, let me just call you tomorrow and we'll figure out how to get started. (laughs) I imagine this, like I teach sales now, like we teach people how to collect money for your services now, but this is like where I started. I had no idea. And he was like, I think he had compassion on me because he felt so sorry for me and he was like do you know how to take money and like work with the client and i was like this this is my first one to be honest and he walked (laughs) me through he walked me through how to set up a paypal account talk about embarrassing and that's another thing big lessons big monumental lessons i think probably the most profound lesson that we can give is you have to have a short memory with some of this stuff. Mm. How many people would have had that experience and they would have been like, man, I'm not cut out to teach other people. I'm not cut out to yeah. do this. You know, How many people would have, after the memos thing or after running a launch that didn't work, we ran a big launch back in April or May and it just bombed. How many people would be like, man, I'm just not cut out for this marketing thing? There's this persona, this facade of like, the guys who are good at marketing, everything they do works, but really it's just that they don't give up. And our yeah. memory for failure is very short we, we try to harvest the lessons and then move on. And not a lot of people know the thing how to is, do that.
2: Dude, people don't tend, you know, even to today's world, like the social media world, it's all about perfection. It's all about the right perception. And people don't really talk about their failures at all. And so you don't hear about it. And so for us, um, I think as people, we look to live up to a standard that is probably not reality. I think that's why a lot of people... They fail is because they don't start because what they have in their mind is perfection in business, perfection in marketing, perfection in sales, perfection in copywriting. But we don't see is how much we failed to get to this place and not even perfect. You know, it's not even perfection. It's like we've just failed so many times that we figured out how to make some things work. And I think don't sell yourself short. If you've been in that cycle and you see all these other people on social media and Facebook and their big company and their success and, you know, talking about all that stuff. But if they're not talking about failures, I guarantee you they have probably more failures and successes. And that's why they've succeeded. But don't let that keep you from starting. Right. If it wasn't for Taylor, I'd probably be just in this homeless shelter, you know, somewhere because. I like yeah, things bro. to be perfect. And you would still be in...
1: I'm taking it back. You'd still be in the downtown Charlotte penitentiary. And, uh, <laughs> and time. Your, family, your family would be really missing out. It's so crazy. I don't think we ever really saw this. We didn't really... When we started Traffic and Funnels, we didn't really start it to build you know, a huge $30 million company. Um, we just wanted to... I think we did have a drive to help people. We had a drive to help people avoid some of the mistakes we had made. And we also just wanted to kind of like, you know, get out of the services industry and take care of our families. Um, It's been, it's crazy now thinking about the last four years, how things have taken off into really sort of a movement, you know?
2: Dude, it it was really about survival, I think, for me, at least. Yeah. A lot about survival. And, It's amazing, I think,
0: that we've moved into a place of impact. Hey, crew, it's Brian again. We'll get right back into the episode in just a second. But I wanted to tell you about something really special that we've put together just for you as a podcast listener. In 2017, I was actually a client of Traffic Funnel. So when this podcast started, I was actually starting my business. And we were, at the time, running a podcast agency. Ironic, right? and i had actually known taylor for several years prior and got to see him kind of build this thing from the outside and so when i came into traffic and funnels and came into client kit and actually became a client I was blown away at the level of people that I was surrounded with. And we actually got to get together at these events in proximity and in person and hear training and hear how Chris and Taylor built this business. So a lot of what you're hearing today is like a condensed version of all of these times of getting together and just hearing them talk about raising the floor and, and getting used to a new normal and really pushing everyone out of their comfort zone. So me as a new business owner, you know, we were trying to hit that six-figure mark I was surrounded by six, seven, eight figure business owners sitting in the room with them and all of that because I took the plunge to become a client. So these events are extremely valuable and the stuff that I learned changed the trajectory of my business and of our life and now being a part of the team um, to be able to share this message and share this story with other people is really rewarding and really awesome. So We've actually taken these events, over the past couple years, there are actually six total events, and these actually go for $300 a piece. There's so much jam-packed into these small segments. But what we've done is we've taken all of the events from 2018 and all of the events so far from 2019, Package them together, and it's over 25 sessions on team and mindset and sales and marketing. Check it out. It's trafficandfunnels.com/slash 200, and you can see all of the details there. Again, it's trafficandfunnels.com/slash 200, and hopefully, you get as much value out of these as I did two years ago as a client of Traffic and Funnels. Let's get back to the show. Thank you again for listening. And again, that link is trafficandfunnels.com/slash 200. Check it out, you won't be disappointed. Chris, what's crazy to think about is the game has
1: remained the same. You take us back four or five years and we're playing the same game. The level that we're playing the game at is different. I think people look at, it's it's a big mistake when people are like, man, when I get to that level, I'll be happy. Or when I get to that level, things will be easier. Or, when I get to that level, because if you're an athlete, you may play Better and better and better, but you should be playing better and better competition. So the game should really remain the same, right? I think back to when I bought my first car, my first car. You got to understand, dude, we both, me and Chris came from like the church world. Like he was a missionary. Pretty sure he like ate grass for breakfast because he couldn't afford anything else. Yeah, Basically. we're like, we're like surviving off of manna from heaven. We can't afford to, like, it, Chris is riding camels out in the desert. You can't afford a car. But my my dad had given me a 2008 Pontiac. I had never owned my own car. And I remember the day I got my first car, it was a Honda Accord. Hey, what's up, it's Taylor Welch. Interesting story, I just got a new car a couple months ago. And I upgraded from an older car that didn't have all the cool fancy bells and whistles like miles per gallon and weather and all that cool stuff. So it's like, oh my gosh, I can see the weather on my dashboard so proud of this car. Dude, my payments were like $230 a month. And I was like, dude, I have responsibility now. (laughs) Felt so good. And um, you fast forward through that and the way we used to think and how we've grown and evolved to where, you know, I think that some people will look at this as bragging, but I want to look at this as this place of inspiration where, you know, Chris is playing the same game that he played five years ago. The difference is he's buying assets He's buying properties. He's buying his wife everything that she Whatever asks for. Wants. You know, we've upgraded from Taco Bell date night. Come on, bro. Like Taco Bell is still good. I don't say what you will but there's there's something in Taco Bell that just makes me like want more. Maybe it's some something anyways. Oh, e. Coli. Dude, we've graduated from that, but you know, we're still married to the same woman. We're still pursuing the same well. We're not married to the same woman. No, my, yeah. <laughs> we share the same what? No, brother. Husbands. We have the same. We have the same wives. <laughs> we have. I think this is this is important to notice. People get lost in success and they don't remain true to the game. They don't remain true to really what is the point of it at the end of the day. And, um, dude, I, it's exciting. It's exciting for me to think about where will we be in five more years when we're still married to the same woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, (laughs) you ruined my flow when you said that. Brother husbands, man, you said it, not me.
2: Whatever. I think one of the biggest things that I've, I've come to learn and discover and continue to discover is how small we think. Mm -hmm. Like we as human beings uh, are amazing in, in the power of our mind and, and our ability to do things and accomplish things and have dominion and we think so small you know we think like i you know i came from a middle-class family my dad was in the military and we didn't really experience a lot i mean vacation was me riding in the back of my dad's pickup truck in the middle of winter to my grandfather's yes. house
1: yeah <laughs> Tennessee.
2: like you know we throw the mattress in the back i mean of course there's a cab on the back but we were snuggled up in comforters and stuff like that was the extent of our vacations. And um, man, there's so much available to us. Right. And I think that we we are continuing to discover that over and over and over. It's like when you when you went through the process of getting your Tesla, what was the I think it was a year after we started TF, right? Yeah. It was around August or something. September 2016. Yep. You know, and it's just like now you have two Teslas in a great house and I just
1: purchased a house and two Rolexes don't dude don't cut me short out right now bro and you got a two dogs (laughs) like you're upgrading your dogs dogs, a baby my baby has nice Gucci clothes y'all but it's like it's just the expanding and yeah it
2: doesn't feel weird or out of out of like reach and I think so much dude is us like Dealing with our own crap and our confidence in ourselves and our belief in ourselves. Like, you know what? I think I could actually maybe take my family to Turks and Caicos. Yeah. <laughs> and have yeah. an amazing vacation, yeah. you know, and continue to expand. So that's been one of the things that I feel like I've discovered. And, and I even see our clients discovering that, especially people that have similar backgrounds. We
1: didn't Bro, have much handed to us. I love that you use the word Expansion. Because like, dude, I don't, I don't agree with the people who are like, man, it's not. There's some people who like have such a fear of what people think about them, that they actually, they actually limit and restrict down the natural Mm -hmm. process of expansion. And we've had conversations about this. And it sounds really weird to think about like, what will people think about me? if I'm rolling around in this car or if I have this house. But expansion should be a natural byproduct of winning the game. What would you think about the NBA player who plays for 20 years and at the end has no more rings than he did at the beginning? You know? Mm -hmm. What would you think about the business owner who's been in business for 12 years, but his life looks exactly the same as when he started? I think that it's important to just have a little bit of healthy respect for the process of expansion because things that come come into your life should flow through your life and there should be there should be signs of a person's growth. It shouldn't just be, well I'm doing you know I haven't grown, I've grown internally, but I'm doing the same things. you know there's a scoreboard in all things and I'm not saying that we should get our significance but by what we have, I'm not saying that we should have our identity wrapped up in what we have, but I am saying that there's something, there is something profound about a person being becoming bigger on the inside. Their world should get bigger on the outside as well, because the two are really synced up together.
2: Do you agree with that? Yeah. And I think even the ability to impact other people, it's like so many people operate from a place of survival. I know I was in probably every area of my life. And now it's like, I think that we've experienced just an abundance in, of course, financially, but emotionally, our families, spiritually, to where now we have a lot to give. And so yeah. many people operate at such a survival place that they're just worried about like, getting by day to day in every area of their life. Yeah. And so, you know, especially when you talk about the church world, right? Uh-oh. It's like if you have, um, I mean, I might go there. <laughs> my some people now, people are so concerned about you having money and it's like but when you have money and not and not only money but even beyond that now you have more to give and you can help other people and and bring other people along in the journey to like what if more people were abundant and more people had health to give and to contribute I mean the world would be a way better place and I think we are so quick to cast that down and to look at it in negative light. And I think few people are willing to go through the process it takes to go through in that expansion, that discomfort. You know, when you're expanded, it is uncomfortable. It does not feel good. Right. But the thing that you achieve, I mean, what does Jim Rohn talk about? Right. It's the, the process, like who you're becoming. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going off on a tangent.
1: You know what? I long to stand up and say to to the church world, the best thing you can do for the poor is not become one of them. The greatest thing that you can do for the hurting and the lost and the people who are down and out is to get yourself into a position and a posture where you can give without expecting anything in return. And let me tell you, if you are begging on the streets with them, you do not have that ability. Oof. I hope I'm allowed to say that. So we've talked about
2: where we've been as a company where are we going where do you see what do you see the
1: future of traffic and funnels being probably one of the things i'm most excited about over the next four years six years 10 years and beyond is really being able to build from a place of enjoyment and strength you know we got i think we got caught several times in the trap of like striving You know, like, dude, problems are gonna hit you as an entrepreneur. You're gonna constantly be into this place where you're having to solve problems. But the minute you get into the place where you're doing something because you feel like you have to, rather than from a place and a posture of like, let me enlarge the opportunity I'm providing for people, let me grow because I want to, I think you're in a dangerous spot. And with where we are right now headed into 2020, you know, we've got the real estate business, we've got the sales consulting business, we have TF we have some staffing things we're doing there's so much on our plate right now but i can say being totally transparent and totally honest with you i can say like i am i have never been more happy about everything going on and more excited about everything going on I'm not building, and I don't think you're building either from a place of, man, we have to do this to make it work. I think we're finally building from a place of, look at all the opportunity. Let's expand, let's bring people with us, let's develop leaders, let's build systems and structures so that more people can come and experience this. You know, there's some days when I wake up and I'm like, dude, I will say anything to unlock the person who could have it, who should have it, but is afraid to try. There's some days when I wake up and I'm like, I will literally do anything to show people like me four years ago that this is possible and real and they can have it. And I think when you get to that place in your energy, you just don't really burn out as fast. So tactically, I <clears> think <throat> 2020, we want to take TF past 30 million. We want to grow the real estate side of the business past 20 million in assets. We want to get salesmen toward eight figures. There's a lot of things that we want to do, but I think... The rule book for that is, dude, are we enjoying the game? Are we loving the game? Are you waking up, Chris, on a Saturday morning, being like, man, I should go write about some plans that we could do for this business? Or are we waking up on a Wednesday morning exhausted? And that's really the grid for me for 2020. And dude, you were right, having a kid completely locked all that into perspective because now I'm just like, dude, if it's not enjoyable, if it robs from my family, probably not going to do it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think for me it's uh solidifying our leaders so that we can, I think it's, you know, continue to expand in what you're saying um, and provide further opportunity for the people that come into the company and, um, and really, that's the thing that another big thing that we've discovered is the power of enjoyment and joy in what you're doing. Right. And so for us, I think that also has to trickle down to our leaders in our team and the people involved in and Funnels. Um, it's like we want them to want to be here and want to um, be just as passionate about what we're doing as we are. And I think that's a big piece of us going forward in our next kind of phase and stage of Traffic and Funnels and beyond is, you know, how do we see and how can we leverage Traffic and Funnels as a massive tool to further impact a lot more people's lives, right? And have fun doing it. Like I have the desire to do a podcast specifically on old school direct response marketing. I might not move the needle, but I have the opportunity now to be able to do that and just be, you know, just an enjoyment pocket um yeah. that I can do and you can do and we can just have a lot of fun doing that. But starting to do that kind of stuff and, and have more specific specific impact, um, you know, even on like things that we've talked about, being involved with anti-human trafficking and uh being able to support and be involved with orphanages and it's like we have these tools. We have these amazing skill sets. So for me I also see be able to take that and translate it into that stuff. In a great right. way, like how we think is is not normal. It's not typical no. to most people. Right. And if we could take that into other areas of society, right? How awesome would that be? And powerful would that be?
1: And um, taking people with us on that journey, thousands, bro, no, a million percent. I've never agreed with you that much before. By the way, it's a million percent What's one thing, bro, that you wish you would have known sooner in the context of what we're talking about? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one, isn't it? it's probably probably been one of the hardest things for me to learn.
2: It's one of the most challenging things is working with and through other people to accomplish amazing things. To do that, yeah. you have to be an amazing leader. And so I think that's one of the hardest things to, to learn, but if you can learn it quickly, you, know, you can accomplish amazing things. Um, so for me, it'd probably be
1: learning leadership. Specifically, how to not do everything yourself or how to be kind or like what specifically?
2: How to, how to lead people in a healthy way to accomplishing big goals, right? Because we have this thing where we have massive goals, we have new levels we wanna hit, But if we kill everybody in the process, (laughs) I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Yes. Right? So, you know, how can we be the Nick Saban of the marketing world? Yes. Right? Uh, Or the Churchill or the whoever, the George Washington, be amazing leaders and guide people through our own journey to accomplishing amazing things, even though they're hard. Right. But people actually becoming better
1: people through the process and not being like, oh, I'm going to (laughs) die. I can't do this. I'll tell you what I wish I would have known sooner, but it might get emotional. And I hope that everybody's okay with that. Okay. Are you ready for this, bro? Chris doesn't do emotion well, just so you guys know. So I don't want him to like run.
2: (laughs) What am I feeling right now? Please tell me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did that guy say to you? Have you asked Missy what you think? No, have have you asked Missy how you felt? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Historically, Missy knows where Chris feels better than himself. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. Everybody does. This is what I wish I would have known sooner. This is my biggest regret in the last five years is you don't have to, you can get more out of somebody when you're kind than you can when you're mean. I've learned that being right doesn't justify being dishonoring to people I think this really started changing when Kate was born because one day Kate might work for somebody and that person might be right but if they treat her disrespectfully they've missed it and you've seen a change I think in even how I communicate with our team and how we communicate online and things like that for two years I was absolutely right cunning sharp, pretty much spot on with people. I don't lose often with people, but I lost so much respect from people that I could have helped because I just blew them up. And there was, you know, I, I said this on Facebook the other day and I said, it's Lindsay. She's like, did you come up with that? I'm like, "I." it was either me or, or Jesus, I don't know. But I was like, you can honor the humanity in someone while simultaneously standing against their behavior. Hmm. And I didn't do a great job at that. That's what I wish I would have known sooner. To the young leaders out there, to the young up and coming entrepreneurs, there is so much you will miss if your justification for how you treat people is whether you're correct. It does not matter. People are deserving of a measure of respect. They're deserving of a measure of honor, even and perhaps especially when you're taking a stand against something that they're doing wrong. And you can see that in our team even today, man. Like, I would have gotten so much more mobilization. I would have gotten so much more power. I would have gotten so much more influence with people if I would have been respectful and said, hey, listen, this is not how you do this. You're being incorrect. You're thinking incorrectly, but at the same time, not just cutting people off the knees. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I've been guilty of that many a time. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, what's your favorite thing about running? this business or the businesses we're running
2: i'd probably say seeing people's lives changed and what they thought was maybe a dead dream or lost hope become reality i mean the stories that we have not not even just with clients but even our team it's, it's pretty amazing it
1: is indeed All right. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.